Welcome to Sign for the Times. The Society for the Involvement of Good Neighbors, commonly known as SIGN, is a not-for-profit agency in Yorkton, Saskatchewan, Canada, that provides 24 social and community programs and services that fulfill its mission, provide leadership, programs, and services that assist, support, and empower children, adults, and families to achieve lifelong success. SIGN believes that will lead to strong and caring citizens and communities. Our podcasts explore those programs and include conversations with people who have used the services of SIGN. My name is Dick Dureich. Today we are going to explore a SIGN program called Life Without Barriers. The program has been around for 20 years, but the name is relatively new. It was previously known as the Acquired Brain Injury Independent Living Program. Our first guest today is Stephanie Carlaw, the manager of the program. We will also talk with Kevin, who sustained a life-altering brain injury 30 years ago and who has been receiving help from the program almost since its inception. Thanks for joining us, Stephanie. Uh, tell us how this program came about 20 years ago and whose support makes it possible. Well, thanks, Dick. Um, the program was actually developed as a unique partnership between Saskatchewan Health and the Saskatchewan Government Insurance, or formerly known as SGI. Um, originally, it was a pilot project that was carried out in the province in the late 90s, which identified that survivors of brain injury and their families needed integrated community-based services to enable them to live as successfully as possible in their community. As a result of that, the former ABI Independent Living Program, which is now Life Without Barriers, was established at SIGN on August 28th in the year 2000. It was the first of its kind in the province and is the only program continuing to provide services under that provincial partnership. Funding is provided by SGI, with SIGN contributing about one-fifth of the cost annually to supplement the program. And the Saskatchewan Health Authority is responsible for managing the ABI Partnership Project, which funds about 36 programs across Saskatchewan. Who would qualify for the services that, that you provide, uh, that Life Without Barriers provides? So to qualify, individuals must have a moderate to severe injury. Um, they need to reside in the former Sunrise Health region, um, be eligible for Saskatchewan health coverage, and be willing to participate in rehabilitation that leads to specific goals. Uh, priority is given to those individuals um, whose injury occurred in the last three years. Those born with a brain injury or who have progressive conditions like Alzheimer's or other dementias are not eligible. And screening for eligibility is done by the regional coordinator with Saskatchewan Health Authority. I and uh, I'm sure many others would find it hard to imagine a personal injury that affects life more than a brain injury. Um, what is the impact of an injury like that on, on people who, who suffer that? Well, they vary greatly. Um, they can include short-term memory loss, difficulties in starting or doing tasks, challenges with communication, seizures, headaches, and challenges in regulating emotions. Often individuals face invisible impacts, which can create misunderstandings, changes in family dynamics, loss of sense, sense of identity, um, and increased isolation, actually. Yeah. What, <laughs> what exactly do you mean by invisible impact? It, it, it sounds somewhat mysterious. 
Well, one example of an invisible impact is a condition called aphasia. It affects the ability to communicate. A person with it might speak in sentences that don't make sense or substitute one word for another. This can be incredibly frustrating for not only the survivor, but also their loved ones. Um, Can we try a little exercise? Sure. caregiver and I'm the survivor and I'm going to say something to you and you try to decipher what message it is. I too road want the cross. Hmm. Well, road and cross are part of it, obviously. Uh, But that doesn't give me a precise idea of of what exactly you're trying to tell me. How about I want to cross the road? Yeah, that we understand. (laughs) So, it had the same words, but they just weren't in the same order. Mm-hmm. And that was a, a mild example of a challenging and potentially frustrating conversation between a survivor and a family member or a caregiver. Um, can you imagine if that message was something about being hungry or in pain or needing medical assistance? Yeah, yeah. Well, I can see where that we that would be both uh, frustrating and, and confusing. Uh, tell me then. Uh, how does life without barriers tackle those issues for and with people? It, it has to be quite a daunting task at times, I would think. Are, are others involved in offering the service as well? Yes. Well, services are provided in people's own homes, in their own communities. We really focus on addressing each individual's needs in order to maximize their independence. Uh, Monthly group sessions are held in various communities to facilitate life skills and take advantage of peer support and community participation. That's important so that our clients have access to self-help strategies and gain a sense of community and belonging within a supportive peer group that shares similar experiences. Those group sessions are a safe environment for individuals to be open and honest about their feelings and to receive positive feedback from their peers. And yes, we do work with other community members. Uh, We integrate our efforts, including working with the Saskatchewan Health Authority's ABI Regional Coordinator and the Saskatchewan Abilities Council ABI Life Enrichment Facilitator. It it seems to me that this is another one of those problems or situations that people find themselves in um, that many of us might not be aware of. It's it's not something that is, you know, out there and and visible and, and I'm I'm guessing that there's not a great deal of public awareness about this. You're right about that, Dick. It is very real. Uh, Since the program's establishment in 2000, we have supported 91 individuals. Mm. At the present time, we support 10 individuals. We're helping them improve their quality of life by attaining independent living skills and reintegrating into the community. As I mentioned at the beginning, Kevin is a brain injury survivor and someone who has been with life without barriers for almost as long as the program has been in existence. Kevin, uh, how and when did you sustain your brain injury? June 30th, 1991. I was driving down Broadway, traveling about 140 miles an hour, according to a police report. My car went into a 180 spin, and I hit up water because it was raining that night. My car hydroplaned. And I wrapped my dad's Lincoln around the light standard. Tucked myself under the dash. That's the only thing that saved me. I don't remember too much, but I was in a coma for about three months. How were you affected by that? What what happened after that? Well, when I woke up, I had to learn everything again. I had to learn how to walk and talk, how to feed myself. 
in the bathroom and shower. Everything was me. I was like a little kid again. I couldn't remember anything. I got my mom put a book by my bed so everybody that came to visit me, write down their names and numbers, names about who they were and what day they came to see me so I would remember who they was. And when I first woke in Oscana, I thought I was in jail. I didn't know I was in a hospital after nursing for weeks at night where I was because the doors lock at night. Yeah. My rehabilitation days were pretty booked up. I was in the mornings from 8.30 to 11. And after lunch, I had speech pathology in the afternoons and then that back to physio for about an hour. When they were teaching me how to walk, they were teaching me in a pool of water. When I was a little kid, I had a near Johnny experience. I was scared to get in the pool. I had to learn to walk using the rails. This ended up sending me back a bit. My speech pathologist would spend hours with me. I think it helped my communication improvement. Another man was in the hospital at the time and taught me how to play solitary trip in my downtown. I think this helped me think and talk to people and open up more. I didn't get out of the hospital until just before Christmas. How long have you been uh, uh, with Life Without Barriers, the, the old ABI independent living program? When when did you start that? Since it started? It started in 2001, but I don't think I joined until 2002. I didn't find out about it until then. Yeah. So, so how has that program assisted you? I mean, you've been with it a long time now, right? Yeah. Well, when I first started, the lady, this penny that was doing it, had to set it all up, and nobody knew what they were doing. There was no information about head injuries or nothing. But she would take me shopping and help me make shopping lists. And then every second Wednesday, we had a coffee coffee group with other brain injury survivors. We had a cooking program. And probably, there was probably about eight or nine of us back then in the group. It was a lot of work for the work because she would go and pick everyone up herself. It's been over a year since we had a meeting because of COVID, but I still attend monthly meeting, meetings up until it. It's good to see how people with head injuries are doing. Lots of them are like me, can't work, or not allowed to drive. Yeah, well, COVID has uh, has not been good for uh, for a lot of people, and I'm, I'm sure you, I'm sure you miss those those uh, those group meetings. But yeah, what 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 uh, positive results? What what gains have you had from uh, from being with the program? Well, it just helps me open up more, and it's good for me to talk to people with brain injuries because then they tune into what I'm going through, the same as them. It's just that everybody expects to get better. And I always say I'm going to get better, and I probably never will, but that's how it goes. Yeah. But, I mean, uh, uh, you're living on your own now, right? I mean, that uh, yeah. that that obviously is, is a great gain. Yeah. And I haven't for a long time. I don't forget, too, I have a trustee. Yeah. And I have a head injury support group, and my mom's down the street with me all the time, so. I do all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you said that at one point uh, that that you used to get mad about uh, about this. That uh, well, anybody with, anybody with the head injury, the worst thing about it is 
So it took me so long to accept it and not get mad about my injuries and things I can't change. And that's just basically how I am. Nobody, a lot of other people are, but it takes you a long time to learn to accept it, that you're not going to change. Things aren't going to go back to how they were. You got to readjust and relearn everything. Yeah. Just accept it. That's the key to my life. Yeah. Well, there's there's a lot of people and everybody, I think, at one point asked the question, you know, why me? And obviously you went through that as well. Yeah. I uh, I understand that you have a, uh, a a mentorship role in the in the group sessions, that, uh, that you're the guy that talks uh, very positively. Uh, yeah. What what are your well, thoughts and yeah, feelings about that? I like to be positive because I had a head injury and it took me a long time to tune in to back to reality and be able to talk to people. But I'm a good person to talk to. I give new survivors a good support program because I can relate to them because I've been all the stuff that they've been through. I think that they like it too because they get someone to talk to that's been through it. Yeah, the, the voice of experience. Yeah. Uh, I, I also uh, I also am told that you don't hesitate to talk to others, um, especially young people, about the reason for your head injury, the accident that you had. When you talk to kids, especially students, uh, do you give them a message about um, uh, you know the the reason, the, the cause of your accident? Uh, uh, I I give them a good reason not to drink and drive because they don't want to be me. It's as simple as this. When I talk to the kids, I tell them. You know, I may seem all right, but I don't have a life. I'm not married. I don't have kids. And I probably never will because of my head injury. And that's just how you have to learn to accept it. With the kids, I don't listen to me because I've had them come up to me when I'm uptown in town because I don't remember who they are, da, da, da. And I've all, I tell them when I did my talk at the schools that if you ever see me come up and tell me who you are and da, da, da. And then you'd be amazed at how many kids come up to me and talk to me. They're just blown away. What? Yeah. That's good. I don't want them to drink and drive. Yeah. They don't have my life. So you're, you're, obviously, uh, you're obviously making an impression on them, and that's, that's a really good thing. Well, like I say, the best thing for me when I talk to them is all I do is I stand and hold on to a desk pretty well the whole time I was doing it. In the last five, ten minutes, I stand away from my desk and I have a real hard time standing, but it just shows them how buggered up I really am. You know, I sound all right, but if you, you see me, you wouldn't know, but that's a typical head injury. You never have a clue. Yeah. Well, you talk to somebody that's had one and realize it, but that's the tough part about it. And I think when I talk to them, I really told the kids that because they don't want to be like me. You know, it'd be better for me to, to tell them than them to do it themselves. Yeah, absolutely true. It's a good impression, I'm sure of it. Because like I said, I had kids over the years come up to me and talk to me. So good thing I did a good impression on them for them not to do it. Well, thank you very much, Kevin, for, for sharing thank your you. uh, experiences and your life experiences with us. We uh, we really appreciate it. I think it's a valuable message that uh, uh, that people need to hear. Thanks very much. Well, the one thing I'll say about it is, whenever I did a, a 
talk to the kids at the school. It takes a lot out of me, but it's probably my best redemption for me to do something good. You know, they don't want us to be like me. Thanks, Kevin. You're welcome. New Sign for the Times podcasts are available approximately twice a month. If you have comments or suggestions, please feel free to email communications at signyorkton.ca or use the contact options on our website at www.signyorkton.ca. We are also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all at Sign Yorkton. We hope you will continue to tune in. We will talk again soon.